Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm good. You a little yeah. tired this morning? Yeah, I haven't slept all the last few nights. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. You're researching too many murders? I don't know. That or I have two really annoying cats. Uh, <laughs> hey, what was the last vacation that you went on? The last one, like vacation, vacation. I guess I went to Texas to visit family. Yeah. In November. But nice. What about you? So I'm not. I don't. I don't travel a whole lot. I think that the last vacation or time that I went away was down to Texas to move you back to Wyoming. Oh wow. Well. So I don't really. I'm more into history than I am. Like I, going on vacation to me like going like to the Caribbean or something and sitting on a beach for a week. I don't know why that just is not super appealing to me. No, I want to appealing to me, it, especially now as we're looking out the window at 19 feet of snow. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but um, but I like history, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Is I want to do the history of one of the places that I would love to go and I would love to see, and that's Alcatraz Prison. Ooh, okay. I want to go to the Rock. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever... Do you want to go there? I think it'd be cool. There's a lot of birds and birds freak me out, but... Yeah, and birds do freak you out. But I want to talk about Alcatraz today. I want to talk about the history. I want to talk about escapees. I want to talk about... I want to talk about that. All right. You down? I'm down. Okay, perfect. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is The Suspended Sentence. It's a Tracy episode. It's a Tracy episode. So um, I'm going to open with the words from inmate number... 293 from Alcatraz in 1938. And this is an article that was originally printed in the Reader's Digest in 1938. And these are his words. Okay. Okay. One who has just finished, as I have, a 12-year stretch for murder generally tries to soften the facts in his record. Personally, I have no alibi to advance. I killed an army sergeant to protect my own life. I served 10 years in Atlanta Federal Penitentiary, which was bad enough, and two months in Alcatraz Prison, which was even worse. By comparison to Alcatraz Prison, life is soft in Atlanta. The routine was not as deadly, and the men had had a chance to make a few dollars in the mills in which they could buy candy and cigarettes. Back in the day when you could smoke cigarettes in prison, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) If they had more money, they could get other privileges too. Al Capone, for for example, lived like a king in in Atlanta. It was reported among us that he had money brought in from Chicago by the suitcase full. I saw several hundred dollar bills which convicts told me Capone had given them for favors. And I know he had a bodyguard composed of convicts. It was right right comical to see Capone exercising in the yard surrounded by his guard. Every one of them had a longer knife or, or a blackjack. Such weapons were plentiful in Atlanta at the time. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. All my friends had warned me against Capone. He was unpopular at Alcatraz as he was at Atlanta, not because of the crimes which he had had been charged with, but but because he was a weakling and he couldn't take it. Oh, interesting way to describe Capone. Right. Some sentimental people like to think that kidnappers and murderers are looked down on by other prisoners. That simply isn't true. Some of the most popular prisoners at Alcatraz are kidnappers. Alvin Karpus, Doc Barker, and Machine Gun Kelly, for example. Not the Machine Gun Kelly, obviously, that we know today, right? Old-time wardens say that murderers are are acrysticats of of crime. 
Speaking by, by and large, there is no grading of prisoners by social system set by themselves with one notable exception. In American prison, the men committed for sex crimes are not accepted in the company of the so-called decent elements of criminals. The reason, however, is not that they have committed revolting crimes, that, but the, oh my gosh, but rather that they are unstable, unreliable, and often insane. Interesting. Right. Like, that's our big hope being on the outside, right? Is that people that commit sex crimes are tormented in there because of what they've done. Yeah. But what he's saying is that it's because they're unstable and unreliable. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Um, so that was interesting to, to read. The first glimpse of Alcatraz prison fills a convict with grim forebondings. The rare rock rising out of San Francisco Bay has little vegetation. It is a subject, it is subject to fog and damp winds. I've seen guards wearing overcoats in midsummer. I am certain that part of the convict's dread of the Alcatraz prison is due to the propaganda regarding the terrors of, quote, the rock. In my cell block, I was given a warm welcome by the convicts who seemed to know all about me. When I expressed amazement at their accurate knowledge, a convict in a cell near me whispered, we knew you were coming last week and we, you, we knew that you were a right guy because you wouldn't squeal on a, pa- on a pal. Oh gosh. Right. The mysterious grapevine, grapevine telegraph, which does many queer things in prison, works almost entirely through bribery of guards or other convicts who have privileges. At Alcatraz, despite the lack of radio and newspapers, we followed the wars in China and Spain. We learned sometimes of news and changes in American prisons, even before they were officially announced. The first bell rang at 6 a.m. If it was your day to shave, you laid a matchbox outside the cell grill and a guard would put a razor blade on it. A man had to shave in two to three minutes for the blade had to be back on the little shelf when the guard returned. At 6.20, the bell would signal for the count of the prisoners a really serious business for which is done every 30 minutes. Breakfast is at at 6.30 a.m., usually consists of coffee, coffee cake, and cereal. Food at Alcatraz is much better than usual prison fare. For dinner, there is meat, beans, coffee, bread, celery. For supper, chili, tomatoes, apples, and hot tea. Seated at the same table with me were Machine Gun Kelly, Albert Bates, and other well-known to the front page. And although talking at meals is completely prohibited, the men do manage to speak in a grumbling monotone out of the corners of their mouths. I was assigned to work in the laundry, and I received a cordial welcome from the men where I reported for duty. Al Capone remembered me from Atlanta, but didn't. But I didn't encourage him. When he tried to speak to me and give me a magazine, I refused it by saying, Dummy up, Al. Dummy up. Which this is prison slang for, don't talk to me. Capone looked at me for a second and then replied as he turned away, All right, pal. Capone gets loathsome because he doesn't come in contact with many other men. He's lost weight. He is said to be in mortal fear for his life and is deprived of all privileges that he got used to having in Atlanta. My first day I encountered the electric device, commonly known as the snitch box, was designed to detect any metal on the person of prisoners as they pass through it. The only time I ever saw men laughing in Alcatraz was over these snitch boxes. One day the snitch box sounded an alarm on every man who came, who came from the laundry. The guards jerked each man out of line, searched him, and found nothing. It took hours to locate the trouble. 
which was merely that the machine was so finely adjusted that it was detecting the metal eyelets on the men's shoes. Oh, wow. Right. A few days later, it was silent, and two men passed through with knives in their pockets. But the guards didn't trust the electric eye, so they searched every 12th man, whether the alarm sounded or not. After we were locked in ourselves in the evening and until lights out at about 9 o'clock, I wouldn't swear to the exact time because there's no clocks for prisoners at Alcatraz, there was plenty of time for reading. Some magazines were admitted, some were not. The convicts would prefer daily newspapers and magazines, which were never allowed. The most prized possessions in Alcatraz prison are news clippings, which are passed from hand to hand until worn out. Most of them concerned concerned about prison breaks and crimes. We were permitted to only write letters, one letter of not more than two pages each week. That had to be just blood relative. No inmate could write to his sweetheart. We never saw incoming letters, just copies or rewrites typed by the prison guards. Visiting too is drastically regulated. No visitor is permitted to shake hands with a prisoner or to touch him. Between prisoner and visitor is a screen and glass and conversation is carried on by shouting through a tube. One guard standing behind the visitor and one behind the convict. Why do men dread Alcatraz? Because the discipline is as severe as it can possibly be. Literally, you leave all hope behind. For clemency is all known, is all but unknown. Only a few short timers get out. Men go slowly insane under the, exec- the exquisite torture of restriction and undeviated routine. So not so slow at that because of the total of 317 prisoners, 14 went violently insane during my last year on the rock and any number of others were also going, quote, stir crazy, going about their familiar routine like punch drunk boxers. Wow. I saw one instant of violent insanity. A convict working on the dock detail suddenly picked up an ax, laid his left hand on the block and chopped off every single one of his fingers. Then he laid his right hand on the block and begged the guard to cut it off, laughing like a demon the entire time. This man was still in the hospital when I left. Next to routine, one of the worst forms of mental torture is the target practice of the guards, carried on right outside the cell house. This is almost a nightly occurrence. After the men are locked in their cells, men cannot sleep for the bombardments are going on. The guards always shot at dummies made in human likeness, Oh my gosh. And these were left sprawled along the walkway with bullet holes in vital spots as silent lessons to the cons who might be thinking of a break. Men cannot always be held in check and trouble began to brew at Alcatraz in February 1936 and has continued intermediately to the present day. The mutiny last September was preceded by a demand by the same privileges according to other, other federal prisons. The leaders spent weeks picking their men for their outbreak. You can't trust everyone, and sometimes even the strong weakened and reveal the secrets of the crowd. But almost half the prison population finally joined in. When the work call was sounded on September 15th, five men refused to come out of their cells to work. They were hustled off to solitary confinement. On the following day, 10 men refused to work after they had reached the, the mat shop sitting idle at their machines, and 30 men struck in the laundry. By Sunday, 139 men were in mutiny and had been locked up on on a diet of bread and water and nothing more. The men in solitary confinement cells groaned and shrieked. Officials who asked them to return to work were howled down. 
When the officials cut off their water to their cells, the conditions due to the lack of sanitation were absolutely frightful. The place was a perfect bedlam, since the howling, shrieking, and cursing never abated from night until morning. They say, in stir, that anyone who lives in solitary longer than the time-tried limit of 19 days is tempting death, but dozens of them stuck it out longer. The officials were desperately anxious to end the mutiny because of the, at any moment a bloody revolt might break out. One day, Warden Johnston was standing in the dining room talking to us while we ate lunch. As the prisoners started marching out of the mess hall, Whitney Phillips, a kidnapper, darted over to the warden, knocking him down, kicked him in the face, breaking his nose. If this was a signal for general uprising, it missed fired. At once, the guards were on Phillips and the prisoners milled about in confusion. An outside guard broke down the window glass and struck his machine gun into the room. The prisoners, screaming, broke out of line, scurried over under, scurried to cover under tables and chairs. Thus secluded, they were lined up and marched quietly to their cells. Wow. Shortly after that, solitary confinement effectively broke the mutiny. One by one, the men began to abandon the strike, driven out by hunger, despair, and the terrible stench Although when I left the prison in November, five stout souls were still holding out in solitary. The plan for the next mutiny is clever. The men have decided that the vulnerable spot in Alcatraz prison is the shops, especially those having contract work, which must meet an, a delivery schedule. Hence, they will begin by suddenly wrecking the machinery. They think they can gain con con concessions by this, and they figure that they have nothing to lose. What, for instance, a man, a man got down to look forward who has three or more life sentences hanging over him. What does he have to lose? Most of them felt as I did. Had I known 11 years ago what I know now about prisons, I'd have insisted on the death sentence. Wow. Right? So how did Alcatraz come to be? In 1975, Spanish explorer um, Juan Manuel charted what is now San Francisco Bay. He called the 22-acre rock island La Isla de los Alcatraz, which means the island of the pelicans. See, lots of birds. Lots of birds. With no vegetation or, habita or habitation, Alcatraz was little more than a desolate island in a swamp of birds, just like you said. Ugh. Alcatraz was reserved for the military use under President Millard Fillmore in 1850. Meanwhile, the discovery of gold in the, in the Sierra Nevada mountains brought growth and prosperity to San Francisco. The lure of the gold rush demanded the protection of California as gold seekers flooded the San Francisco Bay. In response, the U.S. Army built a fortress there. In the early 1860s, civilians arrested for treason during the Civil War were housed on the island. With the influx of prisoners, additional living quarters were built to house 500 men. Alcatraz as a jail would continue for 100 years. Throughout history, the average population of the island hovered between two and 300 people, never at maximum capacity. But after the devastating San Francisco earthquake of 1906, from nearby prison, or inmates from nearby prisons were transferred to Alcatraz. Over the next five years, Prisoners built a new jail. Prisoners built a new jail. <laughs> Designated um, this, the Pacific Branch for the U.S. military prison, Alcatraz Island. Popularly known as 
The Rock, one of my favorite movies of all time. Have you seen it? Mm-mm. You've never seen The Rock Mm-mm. with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage? Uh-oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, popularly known as The Rock, Alcatraz served as an army disciplinary bracket until 1933. Prisoners were educated and received military and vocational training there. Alcatraz of the, um, of the early 20th century was a minimum security prison. And prisoners there would spend their days working and learning. Some were even employed as babysitters for the families of prison officials. Oh, that's lovely. That's interesting. They eventually built a baseball field and inmates fashioned their own baseball uniforms. Boxing matches among inmates were known as, quote, the Alcatraz fights. And they were hosted on every Friday night. Prison life played a role in changing the landscape of the island. The military transported soil to Alcatraz by a nearby Angel Island, and many prisoners were trained in gardening. They planted roses, bluegrass, poppies, and lilies. Under the order of the U.S. Army, Alcatraz was a fairly mild institution, and its accommodations were, quote, favorable. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Alcatraz was obtained by the federal government or the federal Federal Bureau of Prisons in 1934. The former military detention center became America's first maximum security civilian pe- civilian penitentiary. This prison systems prison was specifically designed to house the most horrendous prisoners, the troublemakers that other federal prisons could not sustain successfully, could not detain successfully. Mm-hmm. So people that couldn't be held were shipped there because it was supposed to be impossible to break out of, right? Its isolation made it ideal for the... Um, for hardened criminals and a strict daily routine taught inmates to follow prison rules and regulations. The Great Depression witnessed some of the most heinous criminal activity in modern American history and Alcatraz severity as well suited to its time. Hmm. Alcatraz was home to some of the most notorious criminals, including Al Scarface Capone, who was convicted of tax evasion and spent five years on the island. I always thought Al Capone was like, a tax evasion? That's what he got caught for. I know, but... <laughs> Jeez. Um, Alvin Creepy Carpus, the FBI's first, quote, public enemy, was there um, for 28 years. And the most famous prisoner was Alaskan murderer Robert Bergman Strode. Who spent... Yeah? Names sound familiar? Yeah. He spent 17 years on Alcatraz. Over its 29 years of operation, the federal, the federal prison housed more than 1,500 convicts there. Wow. Um, but they say that daily life at Alcatraz was really harsh. Prisoners were given four rights. They included medical attention, shelter, food, and clothing. Hmm. That's it. Recreational activities and family visits had to be earned through hard work. Punishments for bad behavior included hard labor, Wearing a 12-pound ball and chain and lockdowns were prisoners being kept in solitary confinement, restricted to nothing more than bread and water. Goodness gracious. Right. That would be, that would be rough. Um, there were a total of 14 escapes, escape attempts from the prison made by 34 prisoners during this time. Two men twice tried to make it, make it out for a total of 36 individuals. 15 were caught. Eight gave up. Seven were shot and killed, one was confirmed to have drowned, and five are listed as missing and presumed drowned. Yeah. Right. 
The most notable were the violent attempts of May 1946 called the Battle of Alcatraz, which we heard a little bit about, and the possibly successful 1962 attempt of Frank Morris, John England, and Clarence England, which was marked by careful planning and execution. Even though it seemed impossible to escape from Alcatraz by, sea, by swimming, the seasonal weather temperature in the San Francisco Bay is about 53 degrees. Can you imagine? It's cold, and there's all the sharks. Yeah, and the current, get right. Um, so there's great white sharks, razor-sharp rocks. And the like, freezing. Right. So, you know, I mean, conditions got to be pretty bleh to want to get into that. and. Well, and not to even think about, like, it's a bay. So it's like, if you look at pictures from, like, San Francisco to Alcatraz, it's like a little cove almost type thing. So, like, right. wind and waves and the current and... Which is significant. Yeah, it's not like calm. Nice little. No. Swim along the way. Yeah, right. Back flow to your to shore. That's not that's not no. what it is. It's like a fight to get back to shore. Right, <laughs> right. So here's some of the attempted escapes because I'm I I find this stuff super interesting. It seems well. I'll get to that. Okay, April twenty seventh, nineteen thirty six. The first attempt to escape the prison was made. By Joseph Bowers, prisoner 210, who was assigned the duty of burning trash at the incinerator. He was working burning garbage at the island's incinerator during duty hours when he suddenly ran and began scaling a chain link fence at the edge of the island in an apparent attempt to make it for shore. When he was caught in the act he re- and refused orders of the correctional officers, <laughs> he was shot. He wouldn't come down, so he was he was shot. He was seriously injured in the fall from over 50 feet and consequently died. The incident dermed Bowers' desperate escape was, um, was variously deemed by inmates to have been an actual escape attempt. A del- oh, was not an actual escape attempt, but a deliberate suicide. He had, had made multiple suicide attempts, and he was deemed by some of the prisoners to be criminally insane. So they think that it was really... Like an assisted suicide type Yeah, thing. suicide by cop before it was named yeah. suicide by cop. So then in December 16th, 1937, Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe, prisoners 258 and 260, had gradually filed through iron bars in the prisoner's mat shop in the industrial building and escaped on a very foggy day preventing them from being spotted by guards in the watchtowers. So that's one of the things that they said about Alcatraz is heavy fog is a norm there. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's muggy and wet and just like dreary, but fog is a normal occurrence there. And heavy fog, not like... A little bit of fog. Right, right. So the two jumped into the water and they were never seen again. But the severe weather conditions at the time have led to a consensus that they drowned in the bay and their bodies were swept um, out to sea by the strong current. Maybe eaten by, I don't know, whatever. A shark's dinner. Right. In May, 20, May of 1938, Rufus Frankler, prisoner 263, and Thomas Limbrick, prisoner 335, and James Lucas, prisoner 224, attacked and killed a guard named um, Royal Klein, 
with a claw hammer in the wood shop in the industrial <sighs> building. Ugh, I hate hammer attacks. Right. Okay. And then proceeded to the roof where an armed guard shot Franklin and Limbrick, who ultimately died. Lucas was eventually cornered and surrendered to the guards. <sighs> January 13th, 1939. Arthur Dark Barker, William Martin, Rufus McCain, Henry Young, and Dale Stamphill were inmates were inmates of the prison's supposedly most secure unit, which is the D block, when they managed to escape the cell house and reach the Alcatraz shore on the night of January 13th, which was a Friday. I don't know why that's Friday the 13th. Yeah, right. There you go. That's why it's important. Yeah. As they were putting a makeshift raft together, they were spotted and fired on by a, by a guard in the watchtower. Barker was killed. Stamp Hill was wounded, and the others were sent to solitary confinement. May 21st, 1941. Joe Kretzner, Sam Shockley, Arnold Kyle, and Lloyd Barkdahl were working in the industrial area when they jumped the guards on duty and attempted to saw through the window bars to reach the shore. The toolproof bars foiled their attempt, and they surrendered when it became apparent that they weren't going to make it. Both Kretzner and Shockley would try to escape again in the Battle of Alcatraz. September 15th, 1941. John Richard Bylas, May 16th, oh, so he must have died, was working on the garbage detail and managed to elude the guards and reach the Alcatraz shore. He jumped into the water and tried swimming to the San Francisco, but quickly gave up in the attempt. James Borman, <laughs> Harold Brest, and Floyd Hamilton and Fred Hunter managed to cut window bars in the industrial building's mat shop without being noticed and assemble four cans that contained army uniforms and could serve as flotation devices. They then overpowered two guards, bound and gagged them, and escaped out the window, leaving behind two of the four cans. One of these guards managed to get his whistle loose and blow it, to let everybody else know that they were, you know, that there's an escape. Borman was shot, but floated in the water unconscious, supported by breast. A prisoner launched, as prison launched pickup, he let go of Borman, who sank and was never recovered. Hunter, who had been injured in his, who injured his back and hands in the escape attempt, gave up on swimming and sought refuge in a nearby cave. He was discovered two hours later due to the blood stains and the blood dripping, you know, just evidence that he left behind. He surrendered after guards fired a warning shot into the cave. Hamilton, who was wrongly assumed by the guards to have been hit by gunfire and sunk, he had actually been hiding in the same cave as Hunter under a pile of tires. Two days later, he climbed back up the cliff through the same window from which he had jumped out, hid under a pile of material in the storeroom, and he was found there the next morning. So he, he went back. <laughs> he got out, he escaped, and then he was like, mm, just kidding. I'm going to hang out here. Not going to do this. In August of 1943, Hearn Walters, who was serving a sentence of 30 years for robbery, assault, and auto theft, noticed that on weekends, fewer guards were on duty, and their attention tended to be focused on the recreation yard. So on Saturday, August 7th, he took advantage of the situation to slip out the new industrial building where he was working in the laundry. His plan was to cut through the two security fences that separated him from freedom, 
make his way to the water, and swim the 1.4 miles to San Francisco. But his plan went sideways. The contraband, the contraband wire cutters failed him, so he had to climb both fences, which cost him valuable time. Then he fell from the second fence onto the rocks and injured his back. Although he made it to the island shoreline, he could go no further and was picked up by the captain of the guards. He was returned to the cell house where he spent time in the prison hospital and then in solitary confinement. Oh my gosh. Right. The most violent escape, though, that occurred was May 2nd through 4th, 1946, when a failed attempt by six prisoners, which is known as the Battle of Alcatraz, or also Alcatraz Blast Out, was carried out by six prisoners. They daringly took control of the cell house by overpowering correction officers, and they were able to enter the weapons room and obtain keys to the recreational yard. Their aim was to escape by boat from the dock, but when they failed to obtain the keys to the outside door, they decided to just sit there and battle it out. The fight ensued, and they managed to hold two correctional officers hostage, whom eventually they killed two days later. Prompted by Shockley and Thomas, Kretzner shot the hostages at very close range. One of the guards, William Miller, succumbed to his injuries, while the second guard, Harold Seitz, was also killed from the cell house by friendly fire from the outside. Friendly fire from the outside. What does that mean? He was shot by a guard. Yeah. Yeah, by his own, by his, by his homies. Yeah. The U.S. Marines intervened to help the correctional officers and killed the three prisoners. In this battle... Apart from the guards and the prisoners, 17 other guards and one prisoner were also injured. Shockley, Thompson, and Carnese were tried for the killings of the correctional, correctional officers. Shockley and Thomas were sentenced to death through the gas chamber, an action which was carried out at San Quentin in December 1948. Oh, wow. Carnese, who was only 19 years old, was given a second life sentence. <laughs> so it sounds like I don't know. There was there was a lot that happened there, right? And there's more, you know, there's more escape attempts that yeah. happened there. But Alcatraz, it's just, it's interesting. Well, and I think, I think the one that, like, most people know about, and I think on the tour you can see it, um, I think it was those three, the last three of the lists that you, the original list you gave, that they, like, dug through the wall and put yeah. a poster up. And then went through the in-between the buildings to try and get out. Right. I think they were never found again. They, I think they, like, swam away and... Or didn't, yeah, or made it to water and didn't, yeah. yeah. So Alcatraz was really expensive to, um, to keep running, and it was eventually shut down. Like, their water, they had to um, haul in all of the, the food and, I mean, everything just to run it because it was in the middle of the... Ocean. Of the ocean, right? So it was a very, very expensive jail to run and just to keep to keep going. So, you know, the government found that it really wasn't worth financially. It cost them more than than was reasonable. So it was shut down. But once considered the prison of all American prisons, like the prison yeah. to be at, now it's one of the most prominent tourist magnets to San Francisco. Um, it was opened to the public in 1973, and it sees more than 1 million vi- visitors from across the globe every single year. Wow. I would love to go into this place to look, to see it. Well, I think, like, I know, like, because I've watched videos from the tour, they have, like, a big thing of, like, how much it would cost a prisoner to call, mm-hmm. to make a call, 
just to like San Francisco would be like five bucks. So yeah. to call like places like Wyoming, it was like fifteen dollars for like a few minute phone mm-hmm. call, just because like they just charged them so much for that because they're in the middle of the ocean. Right. They were probably trying to make up money anywhere that they could make up money. Yeah, and, like for no sure. long distance calls. For sure. Well, and one of the things that's that is the most interesting to me about old time prisons, I guess, is in my head, and I can't be the only one who thinks this is like. Prison breaks are so interesting, right? Like, how do they do that? And that is such a thing of the past, right? Like, you couldn't you couldn't break out of prison today, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I know, and there's there's a show, right? That's called Prison Break. That oh, yeah, you were really into that show. I was really into that because it was so interesting to me. Like, oh, this is clearly just a movie on TV, right? But so you were down in Texas, and there mm-hmm. were times often right yeah that they would say hey we just had 14 people or whatever break out of prison don't pick up hitchhikers if you see yeah there's so there's a couple different prisons in texas but on the drive from fort worth to wyoming um there's a stretch where there's a prison just it's literally in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and there's permanent signs up that say don't pick up hitchhikers they could be like escaped convicts Oh, permanently. Yeah, it's just like a road sign. Which which insinuates that this happens more times than you think, yeah. right? So that idea was interesting to me. So I researched that too. Okay. Okay, so how many people do you think escape from, from jails every year? Jails, prisons, custody every year? 3,000. Yeah. Between, Dude, I get it right? Yeah, between two and 3,000 people in the United States. Oh, I hope they're just throwing a ballpark number out there. Okay, look at me with my knowledge. Yeah, on average, it's it's about 2,200 people a year. And that's... I'm a, like looking at her notes. I'm like, you're lying. I didn't no, get that right. No, <laughs> for real. For real. Um, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics reports that one state had over 14,000. Which state? I... It They're not going to tell you I that. Bet it was Texas. They're not going to tell you that. Texas or Florida? That's my bet. Really? Oh man, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, there it's declining, but okay. I mean, it's not uncommon. Okay. Apparently, apparently, you can bust out of jail. How does that happen? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting on TikTok, and I don't mean to make references to TikTok all the time, but. You know, the only, but I mean, it's such a great place to get information. Honestly. (laughs) Honestly. It's the new Google. It really is. (laughs) It really is. And information that you didn't even know that you wanted or that you were interested in comes across your for you page and you're like, whoa. But now that we're doing this, the algorithm has detected that I'm into prison reform. (laughs) And as I'm Googling Alcatraz and prison escapes, now my, now my for you page is covered with people in russia and other places them escaping but i've never i i didn't even know that that was a thing i was like how in the hell do you escape prison anymore but you can yeah i mean it's clearly not as not as easy as it once was but so how safe pretty how safe do you feel as safe as we I live, did. We live pretty Argo. far away from the prison in Wyoming, so we're okay. Yeah, but every county has a jail. Well, what's the statistics on people escaping jail compared to prison? So it doesn't just it doesn't decipher that. So it it's doesn't. All it's all yeah. It's all like from custody to to prison. Because I feel as though it's probably more hard 
more hard. That sounds really smart. More difficult <laughs> to escape from, like, <laughs> county jail than it is, like, the prison. A, you've got, especially in, like, smaller places like here, you've got less people, so your guards aren't overworked on who they're watching. I don't know. I feel as though prison is probably easier to escape from than jail. I don't know. Because think about it. It's like, you know, like, elementary school teachers when they're like, oh, like, I've got a class of 22. Mm-hmm. Some years you've got a class of 45. Well, they prefer, obviously, the 22 because it's less people to watch. I'm sure that I just compared elementary school to prison. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... I don't know if it's the same thing or not. But, but you know what I mean. Like, you're over your... You're still your quota, your amount of people you're assigned to be watching, you know. Right. One guard per 10 people or one guard right. per... 200 people if you're overlooking the yard you know yeah it's just it's interesting life in prison and that it's interesting to me and it's I mean not it's not something that I ever want to experience and going you know we toured the um old Wyoming state prison Mm -hmm. um a few years ago and it's so eerie it's so I couldn't I cannot imagine being there all the time well and the the one here in Wyoming is extra eerie because they had filmed, like, a horror film there. So, they've got all the fake blood that the stained with all the walls. Yeah. It's, like, makes it extra eerie there. Right. There's a um, TikToker, TikToker YouTuber that I've actually had, you know, multiple conversations with, Jessica Kent, mm-hmm. who um, is very open and very tell-all about um, her stays in prisons and the things that happen and, and kind of the code those are interesting to do, and I'm sure Jessica would, you know, do an episode with us down the road here. Um, but her stories of being in prison are, you know, very similar. We we read these things, these accounts, and we're like, what the hell? Bread and water and solitary confinement, you know, that's a thing of the past. It's not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And going, you know, the the code and the – it's just interesting. It's, it's a whole different existence that's right. – you know, I, I, um, not joked, but I have a very, very good friend of mine that served, um, 15 years in federal prison. And when he got out, um, he, he told me, I need to write a book, a survival book of how to survive, how to cope when you go to prison. He's like, cause it is a totally different world. You can be the baddest dude in the whole world on the streets and you go to prison and probably not it's a different code it's a yeah. different it's a different Whole world different ballpark yeah and it really is a different a different culture not culture that's the wrong word but but it's just interesting i'll have to reach yeah. out to jessica and see if she'll do an episode with us because i've never been to jail yeah. i've never been arrested knock on wood i've never been arrested i've never gone to jail i go to visit people there but it's not i don't go back there you know yeah well and i know alcatraz i know you're all interested in taking a tour i know like around in like October, they do night tours. No, do thank you. Night tour. No. Apparently, it's incredibly haunted. If you ask the paranormal community, it's apparently very, 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 very haunted. Well, I, I imagine. And they'll let you stay the night there. You can no. like stay in a cell. And I don't want to do that. Get, hey, then you could get the experience. Then no, I don't. Like, no, I don't want the experience. Hang out with some like. <laughs> My anxiety is increasing just throwing that out there. I just uh, want to go and see it. I want to go with somebody who's I feel super safe and comfortable with knowing that I'm going to get out. And I know that, like, in Alcatraz, you can go and do, like, they lock you in the cells for, like, 30 seconds, too. Like, you can go in there if nope. you want to. 
and they'll shut the no no I don't want I value my freedom. yeah you can stay like um solitary for like during Halloween like in a cell turn out the lights not my gig not a gag. Nope. Well, thanks for joining us. This is a little bit different. Sometimes sometimes talking about cases that, seriously, it, it makes me physically nauseous sometimes. Sometimes it's fun to just, not fun, but it's just different to do something. To switch it up. To it switch it up. Mental, and, uh, draining this of. Right. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Stay safe.